Another week has uh, flown by, and it's now time for episode 20, yes, 20, of Near Perfect Pitch. That's about 65 hours worth of music that you can trawl through archivally, being that it's a podcast, and I encourage you to do so. And the only thing I can promise, uh, episode by episode, is that I attempt to play stuff that uh, I deem worthy, playable. I'd like to be able to think that I can uh, turn you on to some stuff that you've never heard of before, play some stuff and some firm favourites from your past repertoire, and everything else in between. Nearperfectpitch at gmail.com is the best place uh, to get hold of me should you wish to field requests, have a go at me, or uh, or opinionate in any way, shape, or form. All the social media is covered. Uh, the main ones are uh, Facebook at uh, the Near Perfect Pitch dot, uh, page, rather, and Near Perf Pitch is the Twitter ID, and Near Perfect Pitch is the Instagram ID. So there you have it. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling rather comfortable. I'll tell you why. I've decided to start bringing my own headphones, number one. That makes me feel a little bit more comfortable than, uh, more comfortable than usual. I also have a, uh, a, a large Tim Horton steep tea with two milk and two sugar, which doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt proceedings at all. So I'm ready to go, uh, and I just want to give you a little bit of an overview in terms of what you can expect to hear over the course of the next three hours or so. Now, new release-wise... Uh, Remember that uh, in, in a past episode, way, way back when, I uh, had the pleasure of speaking with uh, Rollo McGinty, uh, essentially the wooden tops, and uh, Rollo was talking about uh, this, uh, this new EP that was coming out, a series of mixes of uh, YYY, which uh, I, I happily received by virtue of, of my postman this week. So I'll be playing uh, uh, one of the mixes of the, the YYY EP, the, the, uh, the new one, that is. Uh, some brand new stuff from Hooten Tennis Club. Uh, Katie Ann Bellis is the name of the tune concerned. Um, we're going to hear something new from a band, uh, Manchester-based band called Walton Hess. And Walton Hess, I will have on next week's show. I'll be talking to Matt, I believe. I'm hoping to on on Monday. So um, that's forthcoming. Um, what else is coming up in terms of new releases? Oh yeah, the Pixies uh, album is fine, finally out. So we'll hear hear a track off that. Uh, we've already heard uh, two or three over the past uh, few shows. And uh, a new-ish band from Liverpool, which have been uh, turned onto by uh, by Gordon Keane. Thank you, Gordon. Um, and uh, they're called the Vril Society and playing something new by them. So that's, I think, uh, the complement of new releases. We will be uh, uh, doing the usual features whereby there will be uh, a cover version, which I think I'm going to break with tradition and play it as the first track. Why not? It's, it's, a, bit of a, it's a bit of a beauty, so I think it will be a good way to get the show kicked off this week. Uh, the obligatory fall oh, track, of course. Um, there's Facebook things. And uh, this week we're going to start uh, an Essential Wax feature whereby I will feature an LP that uh, I, I believe... I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'd be met with some argument by by some of you, but uh, it's something that I believe should be in every record collection. Okay, that sounds a bit presumptuous and egomaniacal, but as I keep saying, all I'm doing is curating stuff. You can you can beg to differ, and you can uh, you can not like, and you can love. You can do every, anything that you want to. So anyway, I'm waffling, aren't I? I need, I need more caffeine. I'm going to be sipping my tea, and in keeping with what I said, cover version wise, here's. Uh, a rendition of a clash tune, and I'll tell you what it is afterwards. My daddy was a bank robber, he never had nobody. He just loved to live that way, and he loved to steal your money. Sonny's rich, and Sonny's poor, and that's the way the world is. But I don't believe in lying back, saying how about your love. I'll never stop. 
sense me a smoking at the dance, in at the dance. Every time he pass and him smelling loud, it make him yawn, it make him yawn. He said the sense me mean it is nothing for the brain. No officer, everyone's not the same. No need coming to me with your complaint. Cause since he have to smoke again, she won't Give me the cross, give me the cross, God, give me the Oh, my name is Timmy with a needle, soon I'll let a bite it. 
Tones. Great stuff. That that's from 1995. That's actually their uh, that's their second uh, single proper after the uh, the limited edition uh, seven inch on blue vinyl that came out on uh, on Fierce Panda, and that's on their own uh, label, a sub label uh, called uh, Superior Quality Recordings. And Mark Morris is uh, is. Uh, He's touring a lot. He's gigging. He's uh, he's got new material out, and uh, I'm hoping to get Mark on the show. Actually, uh, the Blue Tones are no more, but Mark Morris is still very much uh, a uh, a musician out and about, recording and and playing live. And uh, we kick things off uh, with something by Audio Web, uh, a fantastic cover version from 1997 uh, of the Clash. The Clash is a bank robber. And uh, I think that got off the, the, the show to a reasonably healthy start. I think I'm going to play some Pixies next. But uh, before I go any further, I wanted to, to mention that uh, the interview this week, it's, uh, it's another good one, as if there are bad ones. Excuse me why I tinker with the little headphone jack here. There you go. So uh, delighted to be having uh, John Campbell on, on the programme. And John Campbell... Uh, you may not know his name, but you will certainly know It's Immaterial. And It's Immaterial uh, released two records. And I'll go into more detail in terms of uh, uh, a brief synopsis of their career. But uh, John's going to be talking to us, and uh, there's a new record coming out uh, via the, the Pledge platform, which uh, I play a lot of music from, because a lot of musicians are choosing that platform as their choice by which to uh, to reach their audience. Anyway, uh, the the third record that they were to uh, to get uh, uh, get to market, as it were, ne- never saw light of day. And uh, this is said record remastered and uh, with. Uh, Tons and tons of uh, extra production, embellishment, you name it. And uh, I'll be talking to John about that. Uh, this this steep tea's giving me the hiccups. Anyway, here's, uh, here's the Pixies for now. <laughs> Something that I took Man, he looks so good 
That's the Manic Street Breaches. And that's a request for Sonia in Toronto. And as a reminder, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. And you can get your song played. God, what a... What a what an absolute honour that must be, getting a song played by me. Anyway, um, that was The Manics, as I say. That's a Nobody Loved You, uh, the second last track from uh, the uh, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours LP, which uh, was released in, uh, I think, off, off 1996. Um, we're going to go to Bells Hill, just outside Motherwell, uh, next uh, to hear some Soup Dragons. Going to hear uh, a 12-inch uh, mix of uh, Sweet Meat, which... Uh, I quite like, that's why I'm bloody playing it. But uh, do, do be prepared for me to inundate you with uh, with some sort of pseudo-grovelling to try and spread the word. Um, the premise of the programme is just to play a bunch of good records and, and it's an absolute joy to play to play records because I'd otherwise be doing it uh, on my own. That didn't come out right, did it? But you know what I mean. Um, but I'd, uh, I'd rather play it knowing that other people can uh, can have the benefit of, of listening as well. So that's, that's, the, that's the crux of why I do this. And all the records are from my own collection, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I'd like you to spread the word if you, if you don't mind it's it's a free free podcast and uh, if nothing else you can have it in the background for three three and a half hours every week as, as some kind of religious obligatory comfort i think that's probably a good way of putting it um okay so the soup dragons i did say are coming up next but i also wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of some uh, more uh, acts that you can expect to hear over the course of the next uh, two to uh, two and a half hours or so also sorry uh, water boys clear lake uh, some airhead i mentioned we're playing uh, some wooden tops which i'm very excited about we're gonna do some superstar uh, some joe McAlinden uh, is, is a superstar now now uh, an artist under the name uh, of, of linden i'm hoping to get uh, joe on the show i interviewed him years ago when he was on creation records and on sbk uh, in uh, in the US, but that was uh, another lifetime ago. So I'd love to catch up with him and see what he's been up to. Some Dream Academy as well, because just because Dream Academy. Oh, I'm going to hear some nice uh, a nice shoegaze epic from uh, CC Rider, uh, and I might actually play that uh, in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. But for now, here's uh, is some Soup Dragons.
Suit Dragons, and that is uh, the 12-inch mix of, of Sweet Meat, and that was released in 1991 on Big Life Records. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? I think we're going to stay in Scotland, actually, because uh, I did mention I'd, I'd be playing some CC Rider. Now, CC Rider, um, they were formed from uh, some remnants of, of, of felt and, and uh, the primitives, uh, ostensibly. Uh, didn't last uh, very, very long, uh, but shoegazy to the nth degree they were, uh, from East Kilbride, and we're going to hear a song in a moment uh, by them uh, but before I get to that I wanted to remind you of uh, of the radio station that's CKCU that's where I broadcast um, I kindly use the the studios at CKCU and the podcast is housed at uh, ckcufm.com uh, and uh, I encourage you if you're a music lover which I hope you are uh, to not just listen to my program there are uh, dozens of programmes that are presented on the radio station that are procured, compiled and presented by volunteers who uh, genuinely love what they do and uh, get paid zero dollars and zero cents to, uh, to do what they do. So, a lot of people have moved on from this uh, particular radio station uh, to much bigger and better things in the, in the world of music and uh, it's just a, a wonderful... A vibrant beehive of activity uh, of people just wanting to, to showcase music and uh, genuinely loving music and doing all they can to spread the word. My goodness me, I waffle, don't I? Here's CC Rider. <laughs> Touch God again. Never 
wanna ask, but I just stare. Can I run my hands through your car wash hair? Wanna ask, but I just stare. Can I run my hands through your car wash hair? Drilling a hole with my soul in the sand, digging for gold in the hole in my bed, catching a ride from a band. I sat in the back of the van. They tried to make me understand. If I'm not in a band, don't mean I'm square. And if I am, well then I don't care. Wanna ask, but I just stare. Can I run my hands through your car wash hair? Catching a ride from a band. 
I sat in the back of the van They tried to make me understand That if I'm not in the van Don't mean I'm square And if I am Well then I don't Ask but I just stare Can I run my hands through your car wash hair? Wanna ask but I just stare Can I run my hands through your car wash hair? Quirky, to say the least. That's Mercury Rev, and that is Car Wash Hair, uh, a single released on um, Mint Film Records. Uh, they're from uh, Buffalo. They're outstanding. That's from 1991, and that is long overdue a play. Not a request, just felt like playing it. Here's some Blue Aeroplanes.
Society from Liverpool from the Pangea EP brand new stuff and uh, that's a song called Metropolis I'll be putting the links to uh, to their uh, their page whereby you can download their material and actually order the physical copy of the last CD as well before that uh, Japan from Quiet Life and uh, the lead track entitled Quiet Life from uh, uh, 1980 on Hansa Records love Japan so should you and before that uh, Jacket Hangs by Blue Aeroplanes that's a single going all the way back to, I think it's 1990 on Ensign Records. And that was a, a hat-trick of songs that I was delighted to bring forth to you. Now, I need a wee, so I'm going to have to play a long song. Here's Kitchens of Distinction.
gorgeous stuff that kitchens of distinction that's from the lp entitled the death of cool and uh, we heard a song there uh, called mad as snow also a single and uh, just gorgeous ethereal layered guitar beautiful stuff uh, and it was a long one too because uh, i had to nip to the loo so i strategically played a long one so i could hurtle down the down the, the corridor and uh, take care of business. Um, the Waterboys have 11 studio albums, the most recent of which is called uh, Modern Blues. And this is a particularly good song off said album. I tried to sleep upon my back so I could hold her all night long. My arms she slept, alas, but no, I couldn't. And when daybreak came and found her at the far side of the bed, I tried to wake her, tried to stir her, but she wouldn't. In her fog she lay like someone dead, and even when I'd tug her head and press and nip and agitate and shake her, or call her name or whisper it against her ear My breath warm, there were no words in this universe would wake her The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland Unto all her working, waking, shaking hours For when she finally woke deep in the day Still she did sleepwalk Like a hollow ghost afloat in haunting towers And though she heard, she didn't see And though she saw, she didn't hear Attending only to what seemed precise and kind she was settled in her dream A shopping list of small illusions Pretty stories that she told her drowsy mind The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland Wild, when she clung to me hard Like a darling child And a night in the sheets of a Dublin bed When she moaned like a woman And gave sweet head When we sang in tongues together And our synchronized guitars Played music to the rafters And made love among the stars In love's beautiful embrace As her tiny kisses burst like Popping suns around my face But then drip decline collapsed The lights went out She fell asleep again Before my kiss-wet face was even dry 
haircut she'd say, talking in her sleep, the sleep motes gathered in the dust bowls of her eye. She teetered down the road of peace, she and her man from cozy beds at land to junk shop with her sleeping clothes in sacks. And when I'd gone, she teetered down the road again, yawning as she went and went to Brought the bloody damn things back The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland The girl who slept for Scotland
that's Powder Keg by The Fall from The Light User Syndrome, which came out in 1996. And of course, if you're unfamiliar with the programme, we have a feature called The Obligatory Fall. Oh, we play, me, we play a song by The Fall each and every week because I believe in my heart of hearts that I'm doing you all a favour. So uh, that's from, uh, as I say, The Light User Syndrome. And it came out on Jet Records, a very odd release. And it was the last uh, four record to feature Brick Smith before the uh, rather acrimonious musical and uh, personal split between her and uh, and Marquis Smith. Whew, what's coming up next? I think I'm going to play some Spearmint, but I'll also remind you before that uh, that uh, we've got an interview with John Campbell uh, from It's a Material coming up at the end of the programme. And uh, some new releases still to get to amongst... Uh, uh, the album feature of the week, which is going to be by uh, The Jam this week, uh, the uh, the first one. So I'm hoping that I can uh, emulate that on a weekly basis and feature an LP of note uh, every every single week, every every single show. So I think we've blasted through 13 tracks uh, of the show thus far. Next up, we're going to hear something by um, a band from London called Spearmint. Put your coat on We're going to America We're going out Put up your trip to work or wherever We're going out Hey, hey I know how you feel about me It's true You can stand Make me happy Everybody's got something that they're trying to get over Yes, they do And sometimes it shows through Everybody's got something that they to live through Yes, they do And sometimes for me it's you 
record which uh, was released in April of this year and uh, that's a song called uh, Wishing I Was Sober and I highly recommend getting your hands on anything by Frightened Rabbit. They have already uh, since 06 they've got five full lengths out uh, they've got two live albums a couple of EPs and an absolute spate of singles and everyone's a gem. They're one of those bands like uh, the Trash Can Sinatras from Scotland who just just churn out wonderful music record after record after record much like Idlewild there's loads of bands I could name drop and I actually played an awful lot of Scottish content this week and I've got some more to come so I'm effectively doing the job of Radio Clyde here uh, and it's not intentional I just uh, just pick songs that uh, that uh, pique my interest at any given point and wish to share them with you so I don't know I must be subliminally in uh, some kind of Scottish mood uh, this this weekend anyway to reiterate, that was I Wish That I Was Sober by Frightened Rabbit, preceded by uh, Spearmint from London with a single called We're Going Out. Uh, and uh, they're a band fronted by a bloke called Shirley. Yes, you heard right, Shirley. And that's from 2000 uh, on, on Hitback Records. 
Once upon a time, there was a band called uh, The Pale Fountains from Liverpool. They then metamorphosized into Shack and released an LP on uh, Ghetto Records. Uh, and uh, that was uh, released in... I'm trying to figure out what the day was. I'll get, I'll get the, uh, the date for you, because um, I just can't remember it off, offhand. But they released a, a, an album called Zilch. And if you've got the first pressing of Zilch, then uh, you've got your hands on something that's rather rather rare and uh, can, can change hands for, uh, for a pretty penny. It has been uh, since reissued a couple of times on some obscure uh, uh, European labels. Anyway, they had a load of singles, and this is Post Pale Fountains pre Second generation Shack, pre Red Elastic Band, pre Michael Head and the Strands, and pre the new release, which Michael Head is recording with Simon Mason, who was on the show a few weeks ago, under the moniker of High Town Pirates. Got all your ducks in a row? If not, don't worry about it. Here's some Shack anyway.
think it's time now to go back in time quite a long way. I'm going to play some Sparks. This is for my cousin Rui in uh, Edinburgh. Hope you enjoy it.
short and sweet, no messing. That's Elastica with Annie from their uh, debut long player from 1995, entitled Elastica. Whew, that was a real short one, and that was preceded by a rather long one, as the actress said to the bishop. That was uh, Sparks from 1979. Gabriel plays it. God, how he plays it. The number one song in heaven. What a tune that is. Uh, 1979. Keep thinking about that. Absolutely mental. And uh, that was uh, a song written by uh, the male brothers with their, with their fascination of Giorgio Moroder's electronic uh, dance beats very, very much uh, top of mind when they, uh, when they penned that, uh, that beauty. And that's my cousin in, uh, in Edinburgh. And that's for you, Rui. Hope you're doing tremendously well. And I know that you had uh, a real penchant for Sparks back in the day, uh, especially well ahead of me because you are older than me. We did mention, I did mention, it was mentioned, that uh, the wooden tops have their new uh, remixes uh, EP out. You can order it uh, from... Uh, actually, I'll get the URL after I play this song. Can't uh, rattle it off offhand. I'll also put uh, put the details in the show notes, which I, which I tend to do for uh, for stuff that uh, I'd like you to procure. Uh, procure rather. Um, anyway, it's called Why, Why, Why. We all know the song. But uh, there are a series of mixes on this EP. There are... Uh, uh, a limited edition, a s- uh, few uh, that are hard copy, CD, uh, and the rest are all download. This is uh, a particular mix. Dennis the Night Panic Party remix is the one that we're going to hear. Uh, so uh, get your ears around this, and I'll be back to tell you more about it. <laughs>
there you have it. That is Denis the Night and the Panic Party remix. I'm such a Philistine. I actually said Dennis, didn't I? My apologies for being completely and utterly uncultured. Eight tracks on uh, the CD. A couple of Balearic uh, mixes. Uh, first one by uh, Leo Mars and Fabrice. Second one by Lisbon Kid. Steve Proctor remix. There is a WTF remix by Trevor Fung and Dan Wainwright. A uh, WTF Acid Dub remix by Trevor Fung and Dan Wainwright. Also, whatever, whatever remix by Justin Strauss and uh, Brian Met, and a Spatial Awareness remix and the mix that we just heard. Um, the link to purchase said record is uh, is up, uh, and as are the contact links. Uh, 2016 sees the 13th anniversary of the release of the wooden top seminal YYY, the record that arguably forged the link between dance music and indie culture. And I think that is really more than fair to say. Um, uh, Rollo was talking about this many, many weeks ago, and I'm just so glad it's come to fruition and that I have my uh, hot little hands on a copy and that I have in turn been able to share it with you. Phew. And before that, just in case uh, you forgot, we heard Elastica, and that was preceded by... Uh, uh, a real, real oldie by Sparks from 79, the number one song. In Heaven. Whew. Okay, I finished my tea. I don't think I need a wee, so I can play a song that's of reasonable length.
Superstar from 1994 and uh, that was a release that was put out on uh, SBK Records in uh, in the US as a, as a, as a promo uh, feels like forever it was also out in the UK I believe it's so hard to remember my brain is not uh, is not fully functioning as, as I get older I get more and more amnesia anyway I'm, I'm pretty sure that was on a single as well on creation records and uh, Joe if you're listening my apologies for being uh, an ignoramus and not having that put to memory. Anyway, uh, Joe McElinden, great, great artist. He uh, he is superstar. He uh, used to be, if you're a fan of the, the Scottish music scene in the, in the, the 80s and 90s, used to be in the, the groovy little numbers and also a band member of uh, BMX Bandits and did some string work uh, for uh, for Teenage Fan Club, a very closely knit uh, group of musicians they are up there. And uh, delighted to play anything by Joe McElinden and I'm hoping to have him on the programme uh, in, in coming weeks to talk about his latest uh, project uh, uh, called Linden. And before we heard uh, Joe and uh, Superstar, we heard from London from 1991 from their debut uh, single. We heard Sidi Bousset, uh, named after a town in uh, northern Tunisia. Don't say I never teach you anything here. And that was a song called uh, Twilight Eyes. And as I mentioned, that's on Ultimate Records. Phew, it is hot as hot is hot in this bloody studio. Um, I'm not even, uh, about two-thirds of the way through, truth be told. Um, we've got an interview coming up at the end of the programme with uh, with John Campbell. Very, very, very happy to have him uh, on board. He is, uh, 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 it's a material, the band. You've heard of Driving Away From Home. You must have heard that I've played it on the programme. I'll be playing uh, three tracks uh, and uh, featuring the interview at the end of the programme. Uh, do, uh, do stay tuned if that's even applicable for a podcast but uh, you know no fast forwarding i think that's the uh, that's the uh, the mantra that i'm preaching no fast forwarding listen to the whole lot in sequence it'll do it'll do you good so we're going to hear some airhead 
Next, from 1992, from uh, the album Boing, we're going to hear a song called Funny How. And uh, you can expect to hear before the end of the programme uh, some Clear Lake and some Bell and Sebastian. But before we go any further, we're going to do a bit of Facebook things and have a look through what's been uh, chucked up on the, uh, the Facebook page uh, for Near Perfect Pitch. Uh, so I encourage you, as I try and do uh, numerous times weekly, to participate in the, the social media and the communicative as- aspects of, of the programme. Nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Easy peasy. The webpage is forthcoming. Um, Near Perth Pitch, Twitter, Near Perfect Pitch, Instagram. And of course, as I mentioned, Near Perfect Pitch is the Facebook page. We're also on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Pinterest, Tumblr and Vimeo. You can get us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn and Podbean. They're the main sources. And of course, ckcufm.com. Uh, it's Facebook things time, isn't it? Uh, let's have a look at uh, posts of poignancy on, on uh, the Facebook page during uh, uh, the last few days. You can drum, but you can't hide. That's uh, Simon Wollstonecroft's uh, book. Uh, he was on the programme a couple of shows ago, as I'm sure you can remember. Ex-drummer of the fall. You can uh, link and click and get his uh, new uh, new release book, the amended version, which is out at the end of this year, uh, with the links that are provided. Uh, great little article there on uh, uh, the It's Immaterial new album, uh, House for Sale, which I touched upon at the beginning of the programme, and uh, that is the album that is being crowdfunded, uh, and I'll go into more detail over. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, when, when it comes to that particular release, before we hit the interview at the end of the program, it's actually a pretty cool uh, Marky Smith photo here. You know those places where you go and build a bear. In actual fact, I think they're called Build a Bear. Someone took it upon themselves to build a bear with Marky Smith's face on it, which I thought was. Uh, rather funny. Um, what else have we got here in terms of stuff that can tickle your fancy, apart from the, the lovely visuals? Oh, there's Billy Bragg, who's in town on Wednesday. Uh, there's Billy when he was uh, at the protest march in Liverpool for Don't Buy the Sun. God bless him. Uh, wherever there's a, co- a good cause, Billy seems to crop up. Looking forward to seeing him on Wednesday. Um, what else we got here? Oh, yes, we've got uh, more from uh, John Campbell, and it's a material here. There's a great link there uh, to, a, to a YouTube video. Uh, Cast, there's new material from Cast, so I, I encourage you to click through on that link. More information on the new Rain record, which is also crowdfunded, so you can participate in that and uh, order your format of choice and, and participate in the release of that record. So there you are, Facebook things, very, very brief little overview of, of, of what I post on, uh, on a weekly basis. Lots and lots of visual stuff. So if you like, uh, if you like musical imagery, uh, it's a great place to visit. And any, any links of any note, I will chuck up there as well. So what we're going to do next, I think what we're going to do is hear this particular track.
brand spanking new stuff from Hooten Tennis Club. And that's uh, a song and a, and a future single uh, entitled Katie and Bellis, apparently about one of the lad's uh, flatmates and uh, a little crush uh, on said flatmate. And before that, we heard Airhead, Funny How, from the album Boing from 1992 on Warner Records. That was also a single. We're going back to Scotland now for a couple of tracks. Um, just a ton of Scottish material uh, this week, and it just goes to show you, doesn't it, really, for such a small population, they churn out an immense amount of, of, of wonderful music, do the Scots. And uh, this is more of the same. Here's some thrum.
my senses From this hiding place life was way too much It was loud and rough round the edges So I faced the wall when an old man called Out of dreams that I would die there But at sight unseen you were pulling strings You had a different idea I was like a child, I was light as straw When my father lifted me up there He took me to a place where they checked my body My soul was floating in thin air I clung to the bed and I clung to the past I clung to the welcome darkness But at the end of the night there's a green green light The quiet before the Madness. There was a girl that sang like the chime of a bell And she pulled out along She touched me when I was in hell When I was in hell Someone sang a song and I sang along Cause I knew the words from my childhood Intellect ambition, they fell away And they locked me up for my own good But I didn't mind, cause the silence was kind You spoke to me in whispers There was the sound of the wind in the cold, cold dawn And the quiet hum of a business Let me die another while in this waiting room I don't need to go, I don't need to know
Isn't that lovely? Bell and Sebastian. And that is Bell and Sebastian from their latest record entitled Girls in Peacetime Want to Dance. And that's the lead track called Nobody's Empire. And before we heard Bell and Sebastian, we heard, uh, we heard Thrum, actually. And Thrum, another Scottish outfit uh, from Bells Hill, no less. And uh, the singer, uh, Monica Queen, um, she also appeared on some guest vocals on a Bell and Sebastian track at Lazy Line Painter Jane, which was released in, I think, 97. So a bit of a tenuous link there. Uh, but more Scottish stuff, nevertheless. And uh, it just happens to be that way. Uh, coming up next, it's time for Tinterweb Time. It's the feature whereby I will uh, showcase a website of the week, if you like. And this particular week, it's not a massive surprise to a lot of people, but uh, I have uh, managed to uh, turn a few people onto it who were unaware. Uh, the John Peel Archive, so uh, www.johnpeelarchive.com. Key in, get yourselves there, and, and have a look at uh, the archive process. Now, currently, uh, of his records, 2,679 of the 106,000 have been archived. And I'll give you a little bit of a, uh, a who's who about the space and, and, and the project itself. I'll be reading directly from the website. Uh, when people walk into a record shop for the first time, they have a tendency to seek out the genre that they are most familiar with, often leaving without scanning the spines of unfamiliar sections. It's not those records, it's not that those records have any less value or are in any way worse, it's that they don't know where to start. In the first phase of the John Peel archive, we documented the first 100 records from each letter of the alphabet to show the sheer scale of John's personal collection in a systematic way, which also presented a fair and random snapshot of its content. With the Record Box project, we have tried to, do, to delve deeper into the historical context of the records because John's collection is not just dusty records on a shelf, it is a roadmap to the development of popular music as we know it. It documents countless scenes and movements that become integral, sorry, became integral components of our culture, the soundtrack to our nation's identity and the source of a nation's pride. We've enlisted key figures involved with music to guide us using their first-hand knowledge to provide us pathways through John's overwhelming collection of vinyl. We've recorded his actual records using his broadcast room turntable and photographed his record sleeves so that you can actually browse alongside them record by record. So, Simon Raymond is, is uh, ex-Cocteau Twins, head of uh, Bella Union Records. He's had, a, he's had a stab at this, as has uh, Mr. Brian Eno. Uh, Shane Embury of Napalm Death's had a bash. Uh, Pete Perfidis has had a go, as has Don Letts. Uh, a very, very interesting website, and it's, uh, it's dynamic and organic. It's forever growing and, and, and evolving. So I encourage you to visit that and uh, get interactive with it, because I don't think there's a better record collection on God's green earth than, uh, than John's 106,000 records that he left behind. So that's Tinterweb time for this week. Whew. Got to a lot of stuff this week, aren't we, really, without even getting to the interview yet uh, with John Campbell, incidentally. Um, it's time for Essential Wax. Essential Wax is a look at a record that I deem absolutely obligatory to have in your collection. And this, this particular record is the Jam's fifth, fifth album called Sound Effects. Um, it's since been reissued, as just about everything has, as you can probably, as you can probably guess, uh, into a super deluxe version. But uh, the record itself came out in uh, late, late November in 1980, and I remember it well because uh, I queued up outside the record shop to get it and, uh, and I pedalled home with it and uh, dropped the needle and uh, it, was, uh, it was an experience that I will never forget. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was an awakening. Great, great record. Uh, I'm going to feature two tracks, the first of which 
is this particular one and then there's going to be another one which is on the b-side of uh, of one of the singles which i deem to be the best b-side in history quite a claim isn't it Same much, but in a darker room, it's for their lives only. She cries. 
up for a b-side liza radley the b-side of start uh, which is an extra track on the deluxe version of uh, the record that we're featuring this week called sound effects by the jam the fifth studio album paul weller's uh, favorite uh, jam record uh, that's well documented and uh, it happens to be my uh, favorite jam record as well produced by the usual of vic coppersmith heaven and uh, Start, the single that uh, was the A-side of the Liza Radley track, of course, which, which I'm sure you all know, uh, a lot of controversy with regards to the bass line uh, being uh, almost of a Batum uh, rendition of uh, the Beatles' Taxman. And uh, no litigious action, to my knowledge, as a result of that. Maybe it was just timed slightly differently, but uh, it is beyond evocative of that particular bass line. There you have it. Uh, that's uh, Bruce Foxton pilfering. Uh, some of the Beatles, the full track listing of uh, of the album as it appeared uh, in its first pressing, pretty green Monday, but I'm different now. Set the house ablaze. Start. That's entertainment. Dreamtime. Man in the corner shop that we heard. Music for the last couple. Boy about town. And uh, scrape away. And uh, the bonus disc, as I mentioned, has a ton of extra stuff, including uh, demos, outtakes, beat, uh, b-sides, etc., etc. So. You should all be familiar with the jam. You should all be familiar with this record. It's one of those records where it actually is worth getting the uh, the extra disc. Uh, I know that a lot of us, uh, I feel the very same way, that, that I'm being perpetually ripped off. Uh, oftentimes having the same album five, six, seven times on different renditions with different pressings, with different uh, tracks, and you name it. And uh, that is the bane of being a, an audiophile, I'm afraid. Uh, but this one is, is worth the money, and the packaging itself is, is rather sumptuous as well. So there you have it. That is the, uh, the first of an ongoing feature called Essential Wax, and uh, we featured the Jams sound effects from 1980. Wow. Now it's time for some Clear Lake. <laughs> we 
that's unmistakably the Dream Academy, and that's a song called Lucy September. Now, that uh, did appear on uh, their third LP, but is also uh, on this uh, new compilation that has been compiled by Nick Laird Klaus from The Band. Uh, he spent an awful lot of time um, remastering and uh, curating everything and every aspect of this particular release. It's a beautiful double uh, CD package and you can expect to find six previously unreleased tunes, which uh, is uh, is pretty good going because the Dream Academy have had uh, some compilations out in the past, a Japanese one that was particularly expensive, uh, one that was universal, which uh, wasn't overly comprehensive, but this one really does do a very, very good job of... Uh, of uh, summarising uh, their life over three LPs and again beautifully packaged new artwork and one of those things that really really is worth owning as opposed to a digital download. You know what I mean? I mean some things you don't mind not having, others I feel impelled to actually have a the physical commodity. Maybe it's just me, I'm sure I'm not alone. And before we heard uh, Dream Academy from Brighton, we heard uh, with their second single, uh, that's Clear Lake with Don't Let the Cold In on Dusty Company Records. And uh, I'm fumbling to remember when this was released. I think it was around about uh, 1994, maybe. Let me have a, let me, I'm actually going to cheat. I'm going to go online and see if I can find any, any information here. Oh my goodness. Completely out to lunch there. 2000. Just lost six years of my life. Um, it's nearly time for the interview with uh, John Campbell from It's uh, Immaterial. Uh, he's going to be telling us what he's been up to, going to be telling us about uh, the new record, which uh, is available to purchase. And uh, in the interim, I'm going to play you this song by them. Uh, be back and uh, talk some more about them.
answer me that. From 1986's Life's Hard and Then You Die. That's It's Immaterial, and that's a single from the same year called Ed's Funky Diner. Uh, great record that was. It's since been uh, reissue, reissued rather on, on a super deluxe version where you can get everything barring the kitchen sink uh, with, with the release uh, and including peel sessions, etc., etc. Really worth getting your hands on and uh, I'll uh, be talking about that release and its packaging with, uh, with John in the interview that is forthcoming. Uh, lots of other things we'll be touching upon as well, including the record that is uh, currently uh, being crowdfunded, which is the House for Sale record the uh, third LP that never actually saw an official release, which a lot of fans have been patiently waiting for, myself included. Uh, you can uh, get on this at pledgemusic.com slash project slash it's immaterial uh, and pledge. They're currently just shy of uh, 70% of the goal. Uh, and uh, it says here on the site that uh, upon reaching 50%, they're going to start sharing some tracks. So that should be happening imminently for those of you like myself who have pledged. Um, and that's brought to you by John Campbell and Jarvis Whitehead. House for sale. So I'll keep you posted on that uh, release and uh, when it does actually see its uh, proper, proper launch uh, years and years after it was supposed to have been released. Lots of detail concerning this record uh, and what uh, John's currently up to in, in the city of Liverpool in conjunction with uh, some musical tidbits as well uh, forthcoming in the interview. So we heard one single from the first LP, uh, Life's Hard and Then You Die. We're going to hear a song from the second LP, which is called Song. And the song off song is called Heaven Knows. Heaven knows. Heaven i 
That's Heaven Knows by It's Immaterial from their second LP entitled Song on Siren Records, released in 1990. So we've heard a couple of songs uh, from uh, the first and second uh, LPs in sequence. Uh, we're going to turn it over to the interview right now and uh, hear from, from John Campbell. I shall be back after the interview to play one more song and to sign off for uh, episode 20 of Near Perfect Pitch. Enjoy the interview. Hello. Hello, John. How are you? Not too bad, Cara. Finally, though. Yeah, well, all, all good things come to those who wait, I suppose, and uh, that's that's entirely my fault. So uh, th- thanks for being so patient with my uh, with my Greenwich Mean Time uh, tomfoolery. Oh, that's no problem. So how are you? Well, I'm fine, healthy, and uh, looking forward to the next six months or so. We've got plenty coming up. I would, I would hasten to say, to say yes, uh, and and uh, to share the news, you're up one percentage point on pledge, by the way, to sixty nine now. I'm sixty nine. No, right. Well, we we actually um, we haven't actually put anything up any updates for the last three or four days. I'm just looking through the old archive boxes at present, and uh, I found a couple of things, especially one um, old VHS tape. Yeah, a film that was made by a Scottish education at the time we were in Castlesham. I think there's a couple of snatches. It was about uh, the possibilities of working in a recording studio they were doing, and they came into Castle Sound while we were working with Callum. Oh, right. I made a little film in there, and I think there's a couple of snatches of Jarvis and I actually playing with the film. So I thought that might be interesting to share with the pledges. Well, I, absolutely, in as much as Manchester Mambo was a nice little uh, tidbit as well, wasn't it? Yes, and you know that was something I'd completely forgotten about. It was Jarvis who uh, I was speaking to on the phone, and he said, well, why? I was looking for something again to offer the pledge, and uh, Jarvis said, look around uh, in any of the archive boxes for an old dat tape. There's a recording we did called Manchester Mambo, uh, a little demonstration a long time ago. And I completely forgotten about it. I didn't know it existed. And uh, when I played it, I really enjoyed it. So I think it was worth sharing. No, it certainly was. And, and, and for fans, of which you uh, you have many, this is this is a a, a long-awaited record. And um, I'll, I'm going to go into detail uh, on the programme with regards to uh, the background behind it. But were with, with the, the tapes hard to source? Were they really hidden away? What's the real story behind them uh, not really seeing light of day all those years ago? Well, it was back in 92 that we, uh, that we first went to Castle Sound with the taste, but we'd started to prepare for this third album, possibly a year or so before that, doing dem- demos ourselves, Jonas and I, on the 16 track we had here in Liverpool in our own little studio, mm-hmm. in Tatlock Studios, named after Jonas's cat's cupboard. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, we took those recordings up to Castle Sound about a year later, as I was saying, and um, we uh, we worked with Callum Markham for possibly a week, ten days or something. And uh, what we had we intended to go back up pretty quickly within a couple of weeks or so to carry on, but there were some family issues for Jarvis and I that cropped up and interrupted that flow, that momentum. Mm. And uh, then we actually got into other projects when we came back, and uh, we, would, we were asked by a French director called Mary Jimenez to do some work for her upcoming film project, which was 
titled YAG at the time, mm -hmm. and was supported by the, uh, the French government. It was a French film. Um, but that fell through. That was about 10 months of work we did on that. But eventually, Mary got so keen on it that she went to Hollywood and decided to change it into the English language. And of course, the French government pulled their funding from it immediately. <laughs> of course, that, that nice... fell by the wayside as well. Oh dear! And during this time, um, while we were involved in other projects, Callum sent those uh, master tapes down to us, and they were put on a shelf in the studio somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we carried on with these projects like Yag and everything that we were doing. And we forgot about them over the years, and we did some work on things like radio plays, and, and even in theatre, sound we were doing for theatre. And um, they just got hidden with equipment and time, and we forgot about them. And it was only moving the studio, possibly now about seven years ago, this box of tapes came up. But then we had the problem of finding a machine to play them on again. Yes. At the time we did that, Castle, uh, Callum uh, Astor invited us to Castle Sound because he was also himself demoing these new machines at the time, which was this DA88 machine, which was a small kind of um, almost dark sized tape machine you put in, and then he ate at the high eight, they were called. Mm. We put them in. He was definitely never, I think, I think it was our kind of company. Yeah, I, I remember those. I used, to, I used to work in a studio and we had those back in about 1991. Well, that's the very time that we were up there working with him. He was down with some, uh, some article in the magazine. So that's the, that's the medium we use. Right, yeah. And of course, to go back to those five years ago, there were no studios that had them. Until we found Elevator, an old friend of ours. Um, I think we were in a bank, the Merseys, uh, the, what do they call them? Mersey City People, I think. Okay. Tim Speed runs a studio here in Liverpool, a very old friend, Elevator Studios. And uh, he said he thought he had a couple in the cupboard. So we went down, dragged them out of the cupboard, linked them up, and transferred all this material to uh, Pro Tools. And Jabs and I have been working uh, slowly but surely on Friday afternoons, kind of patching up, because I think there's a lot of degradation over the years. And, uh, so we've been patching up sections and finishing off songs that weren't finished up in Castlezone during that short period of time we were there. Hmm. So now we believe we have you know, a set of 10 songs complete fine. It's been great fun because it's got that, um, it's a bit of sound archaeology as well. It's going back kind of 30 years to where you were back then. It's, it's an odd thing to do. But, you know, we found material that uh, we, we really enjoyed working with. It must have been a lovely experience. I, I had a, a similar uh, such conversation with, uh, with, with Rolo from The Wooden Tops oh, when, yes. when he was uh, sourcing some old material and he was, uh, he was privy to getting some of his old tapes and he's since, uh, he's since re-released Well, Well, Well uh, with, with, a, with, a, with a, a series of Bill Eric and, and, and dance mix versions. But he was going through the similar kind of emotions you were uh, because, again, that was actually, I think Well, Well, Well was actually before, before uh, the time that you're talking about. So going back in time, being able to, to stumble upon things and, and rekindle them and, and, and rekindle them with love as, as a proper project, that's fantastic. And it's going to be your third album proper. So... That's it. You've, you, that, that, that's quite an achievement. Three albums now. Well, it's fantastic. It's something uh, that we wanted to complete. 
Um, even though we, it had been kind of impossible to access for many years, it had never kind of really left our thought processes. Because we always saw them in the sense as a trilogy, yeah. in the sense of work-wise, with, um, with Life's Hard, you know, it's your first album, and you haven't so many years to write your first album. Mm -hmm. And then with Song, we got more into the, the kind of um, filmic... Uh, uh, music that we, we, we were looking forward to go to in the future, we thought, with projects like Yagen. Yes. And then this third set of songs are somewhere between um, the song album and Life's Heart. So they kind of work together very well. And looking back at when we finally got access to these recordings again, we felt what we thought as well, we were in a very defined place. We knew what we were doing, and um, so it, it has a definite feel to it. It must, it must be lovely because it, after all these years, you finally get this sense of uh, of completion and 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 uh, being completely selfish in the capacity of a fan. It's it's almost like oh thank goodness because uh, if you're if you're an audiophile and, and there are bands that you follow that there are just a handful where you're waiting for these last little remnants to see the light of day so i i'm very happy to be, to, to be able to say that i can finally draw a line under it's a material in, in the next few weeks or so which which as a collector is fantastic it'd be lovely to hear these songs uh, that have been lovingly restored and, and when do, when do you think they actually will see light of day uh, proper well, the schedule we have for us all is, is actually to mix just after Christmas. Okay. And uh, we're looking for March as, uh, to, to release the project. Great. And the interesting thing about all this as well is because Jarvis and I have always worked together in many different mediums over the years. We've always written together. So there's still a lot of songs in the kind of its material cupboard that we still have that we've written since then. So maybe even more will see the light of day. As time goes by. Well, I do hope so, and it, it, it tends to be a uh, uh, a common occurrence in the, in the industry today. Going back and trawling archives, and, and, and uh, truly giving giving this music the the attention it deserves. And uh, as fans, it, it's a wonderful thing to receive something in 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 such a format. And it leads me to to, to talk about the. Uh, uh, the, the reissue of Life's Hard, the, the beautiful package, and just, just wondering uh, to what degree your involvement was with that. Well, we worked closely with um, Paul Sinclair, and um, I'm, I'm quite proud of the package, and I think it's worked out very well. Oh, indeed. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and I think he did a very good job at Super Deluxe Editions. So, uh, um, but he's that kind of chap, I think he is, he, he looks at the detail and refines it, uh, it is, it's a tremendous package. Yeah. yeah, but your aesthetic was very conducive to that, uh, uh, what, what he had to play with was, uh, was, was a pretty good base, I'd have to say, because your releases have always had that aesthetic appeal and, you know, go, going back to the day, as I, as I hate to say, a bit of a cliche, but when, you know, when we were buying records and you, you, could, uh, you could afford to take a punt on something for 99p, um, uh, often the aesthetic was the thing that sold a record to the uninitiated. Uh, and one thing, much like the 4AD stable, 23 envelope and the factory stable, there was a continuum with your, with your, with your aesthetic throughout your work so that even if you didn't work in a record shop like the likes of myself, you, you became recognisable not just audibly but visually. Well, I think that's right. And I think it's, it's possibly because of, um, well, myself, I went to art school and I was kind of interested in the visual 
and Jarvis was very much more on uh, the musician side of it. So together uh, we worked very well on those kinds of things. I think it's worked just organically wonderfully and that was going to sort of lead me to my next question in terms of your journey uh, in, in terms of this album being the, the missing part of, of the, the trilogy essentially and this organic very very natural movement to your soundtrack work um, in terms of what you're doing musically right now uh, are there any any projects that are forthcoming in, in the realm of soundtracks that uh, that we can expect to, to see from you at the moment we have a couple in the pipeline but there's nothing firm right so i would like to kind of you know understand but um it's it's an area that we've been kind of working towards for, for many years and we have as i've said worked on a number of radio uh, plays, quite a number of radio for and, uh, and for the third before. So. Yes. And we're trying to, I mean, as I was saying about that Humanist uh, uh, project, yeah, uh, the idea of the songwriting was, was, was kind of eventually to move to more panoramic filmic storytelling. So, yes. As opposed to kind of the very uh, strict pop song kind of formula. Yes, and, and, and to, to those who listen to your music, they, they, could, they could have seen that path plotted. There, there were certainly hints of it throughout your early and, and mid-career that that's where you were going towards. Um, I, I used to be in the music industry, and uh, it's, it's, it's a cross I have to bear, but I remember selling an awful lot of soundtracks on Beret's Saraband, the label, at, at one point. And yeah. uh, in talking to those guys once at a convention, I was... They were telling me how nepotistic that industry is. I'm just wondering what your experience is with the, the soundtrack aspect of the industry. Um, in, in a nepotism sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it hasn't kind of, you know, I, I haven't been troubled by that, but I have been troubled by the kind of time you commit to things. But I think that it's almost in a parallel with the music industry in a way because... Um, the hours you put into things before people commit to them. Right. So, so you end up uh, working with uh, directors and producers who suggest, no, I want this change in the music, I want that change. And, and this may even be all you've actually been officially commissioned to do. So you just spend so many hours working in this. Yes, and it's my understanding that, that that tends to be the norm, whereby it's much like a, in, in being a private limited company and putting out an RFP for a bid, and it's almost like getting everyone's creative impetus and then making a choice as to which one you want to move forward with. It's, uh, it's not ideal, that's for sure, especially if you're the artist. But um, I was hoping that you could uh, expand upon um, the, the work at the, the Research Capital Investment Fund for, 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 for those who, who, who don't know of it. If you could just give us a pricey of that, because I, I find that absolutely fascinating. The Research Capital Investment Fund? Yes. That we've been involved in? Well, there's been an you've been instrumental. Uh, there's some digitization of the archives going on there. Now, has there been anything that, that, that pertains to what you're doing with, in, in terms of all this work being digitized? Um, I don't know whether we're cross-purposes or whether we've been doing the same thing, but I've been responsible for a lot of the archiving, uh, digitising archives of contemporary culture. Yeah. Diversities here in London. Now, you've, you've been doing a lot with the, with, uh, with the Chinese community. I have indeed. And, and so, uh, Liverpool's unique uh, multi-ethnicity... Uh, going going back to uh, going back well well past well past the eighteen hundreds, it must be absolutely fascinating. So is is that the main the main area that you're concentrating on uh, in terms of a, an ethnic group, the the, the Chinese? Uh, 
Well, that's just, I have run in parallel with this material uh, another organization called Sound Engines. And uh, it's the same thing we're talking about with the kind of song structures that's in terms We're looking at oral histories, right? Stories of communities. Now, we work very heavily with the Chinese community in Liverpool and, and produce a very strong uh, oral uh, archive um, of. Uh, from 1945 uh, to the present day. Uh, and we've had some quite dramatic moments, including the 1946 uh, deportation of a lot of Chinese seamen here after the war. Yeah. Because at one point there were over uh, 20,000 Chinese seamen based in Chinatown here in Liverpool. And a lot of those were deported after the war and um, left family here, left mothers with children. So uh, there are quite uh, difficult stories to tell within that archive we've done. But um, yes, we, we work on a number of levels and with a number of different communities. And it's all really down to storytelling. It's wonderful. I'm, I've, I've been looking at the site and I'm particularly uh, enamoured with the personification and identity in a post-digital age, uh, the faces of Merseyside. Uh, that oh, you, yes. That's, that's just stunning stuff. And of course, I'll be sharing this with everybody. Uh, all the URLs I'll be putting on the, on, on the social media and everything, so everybody can uh, can click through it and see this for themselves in all its glory. But as, as I've looked through it, it's something to be very proud of. It, it, it's, it's it's an incredible amount of work, and and it's it's like painting the fourth bridge, really, isn't it? It never ends. This kind of stuff. It's just because you, you of your own fascinations in in these things and. Uh, we work with Caroline Wilkinson, who is the director of the uh, art school, the Art and Design Academy now, it's called here in Liverpool, yeah. with, the, with the Chinese faces. And uh, that was a, a very interesting uh, project uh, because they were looking at all different professions and different kind of communities across Merseyside and getting an average female and male face group. And in the sense of the Chinese, looking at the faces that uh, we delivered there, Mario took many, uh, Mario Kenny, my partner in the sound ages, took many photographs of uh, males and females from all ages. But it always comes out with this kind of middle-aged, very pleasant-looking face, which is, uh, I find, it doesn't show kind of the cares of time or the emotions, and quite interesting faces to look at, very beautiful ones, and almost porcelain. Exactly, it's, it's almost perfect imperfection in terms of it being symmetrical, it looks like it's almost airbrushed, it's, it's almost perfect. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's as a result of multiple layers, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, it, along the lines of, of, of that, which blows my little cerebral cortex into thousands of pieces, this is the kind of stuff that really engages me. Uh, is there anything else, uh, as, as if uh, I'm sounding like you've been lazy and expecting you to do more, I'm just curious that I'm not leaving any uh, stone unturned here to make sure that everyone's aware of what, what you're up to because you were a, you're a busy chap, you're very diverse and uh, there's not one definitive bio to nail you down. So this is an opportunity for me to find out if there's perhaps anything I've missed. Well, I can tell you, Darren, that currently we're working on a project with a couple of architects to deliver a temporary museum in Chinatown, which is going to be constructed from shipping containers. And we're talking about it, looking like the Annie Peru title of her novel, we're thinking of calling it something like the Chinatown Shipping News. <laughs> That's great. 
And the idea is um, that it contains the memories of L1, the Chinese Tano, in that. We're trying to get that up and ready for Chinese New Year celebrations here in Europe. But uh, it's, it's going to take a lot of work, you know, it's quite a short time scale to do that, but we have so much material on that particular um, community down there. That it, should, it should be fascinating and it's something uh, that we're trying to contribute uh, to, the, uh, the kind of enrichment of that community. It's, it's been neglected for quite some time there in Liverpool. We think it's kind of a genuinely grounded. Yeah, excuse me, my telephone's ringing. There you go. My apologies. This, this, this keeping track of what you do. How, how many containers, with regards to this temporary museum, do you think would would be uh, would be would be utilised? Well, we're looking at at the moment. We're looking at probably two to start. Okay. The idea is, is 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 kind of a proof of concept thing. So okay. We're, we're looking at the moment. Uh, the Chinatown area has a magnificent arch. But generally, is is in decay in the central Nelson Street. So we're looking uh, at trying to get something else for the tourists to visit them. What happens is we see busloads of people coming up, getting out, photographing the arch, and getting back into the bus. Yes. So we're looking for something else that we can put in the area that can go not just the arch, but this museum of the, the community's kind of forgotten history. So we're trying to bring that into focus again, and that way bringing energy back to the region. That's wonderful. And uh, should you wish to expand an annex, you merely just put uh, another container parallel to the ones you've got and, and grow, grow accordingly. That's wonderful. Well, I'd like to thank you very, very much for your time and also to apologise once more for my uh, very, very poor timekeeping. Um, I'd like to ask you one last question, which... You might deem a little bit futile, but it, it's, it's just one that I ask everybody. Um, and it's a hypothetical question. And it's, if you were around my, my, my house for, for, for a cuppa, and I, and I crack open the biscuit tin, and this particular biscuit tin has, has magic qualities, whereby you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth, and you will have an endless supply. What would be your biscuit of choice? A ginger nut. Fantastic. I tell you what, that is a, that is a, a, a tried and true classic. And I, I, as I said to, uh, to the last uh, last uh, interviewer, I said thank you very much for ch choosing something I already have a column for in my spreadsheet, so I don't have to make another one. Um, <laughs> I, I'd like to thank you again. Thank you so much for being so forthcoming. I'm really uh, looking forward to, to the new material and uh, and, and uh, your ongoing work, and, and I hope that we can uh, revisit that uh, perhaps next year when, when the album's released uh, closer to Easter. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much. Bye-bye now. All the best, John. Take care. Thank you. Another easy one there. Pick the right people to interview, and they do all the hard work for you. What a thoroughly decent chap, and what a uh, very, very interesting interview that was with John Campbell. Thank you, sir, for your time. Um, we've heard a couple of tracks thus far. I will leave you with this particular tune this week, and this is a... Uh, a different mix of uh, their most well-known tune, and I, and I can't help but play it because it's a gem. This is the Wicked Weather for Walking version of Driving Away From Home by It's Immaterial. Heaven knows Heaven
you what Why don't we cross the city limit And head up north Through Manchester I mean all you've got to do is put your foot hard down to the floor And we can call on people I know in My thanks to you for listening, each and every one of you, and uh, my uh, huge thanks to all of you for listening this week to episode 20 of Need. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. That's uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. That's episode 20 of Near Perfect Pitch in the can. Please spread the word, nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Check out all the social media platforms. Don't forget about CKCUFM. My thanks to John Campbell. I'll be back next week with more goodies. Ta-ra!